Welcome to another inspiring message from Milestone Church in Keller, Texas. Well, I want to welcome you to Vision Weekend. I want to welcome those watching online. Welcome our McKinney campus as you're joining us there, as well as those of you watching by video here at our Keller campus. Would you join me in celebrating all of those that are joining us? Maybe you're new and you're wondering what is Vision Weekend? Or maybe you've been here for a little while and you're wondering what Vision Weekend. My wife asked me, she said, Jeff, what's Vision Weekend? And when the one closest to you has questions, that means I haven't done a very good job of communicating what it actually is. And so Vision Weekend is something that a few years ago we started doing periodically to help those of us that have been in this journey together to stay focused and calibrated toward what God has called us to. And then it's a great opportunity because so many of you are new, you're coming in and you're trying to seek and to understand what is it that God has called us to. And yet it's also a powerful moment to help in your own individual lives. Because vision from God leads us in life. It helps us. The Bible says, in fact, when we don't have it, we, we cast off an element of restraint and discipline and focus. And so God is a vision giver and he gives it to us individually. So whatever category you find yourself in, my encouragement is this weekend that vision from God can help you take next steps in him. And so when we look at vision weekend, I wanna take us to a great passage that aligns with the vision we have here, and that's in the book of Romans in the New Testament, Acts, Romans. I'm gonna ask you to turn to chapter 12. I have some notes there for you. I'm gonna put some things on the screen, and I wanna help you engage and make it tangible for every single person to engage with the vision God has given us. And I believe no matter where you're at, even if you don't call Milestone Church your home, this message could exhort you and encourage you to find your place in what God's doing in the earth today. And so on this vision weekend, I'd like to take us back to some of the basics. And this happened for me a little while ago. I was walking through our worship and creative area and they did not invite me to be on the decor team of the worship and creative area. I know some of you may be surprised by that. Something you may not know is on Mondays, I spend a lot of time with some people that are very different than me. They're a lot younger than me, they help me, they help me communicate, we work together, I'm so thankful for them, I'm thankful for their gifts. We work at trying to help you take steps in Jesus and to help communicate to you in such a way that you're not just impressed with the information, but the information becomes revelation for you so that you can become who God's called you to be. Now some of them are very different than me. In fact, I was wheeling my uncle who recently I did his funeral a few months back through our worship area, and as we were, we were going through, I had him in a wheelchair. At that time, his health was failing. He wanted to see our new building and uh, here at Keller, and so I was wheeling him through, and then there was a, a guy who walked out of this worship and creative area who had pants that were kind of cut off short about right here with little tassels on them, which I found is, is, is cool from what they tell me. Now, I grew up in Northeast Texas, and my uncle's from there too, and I wheeled him by, he looked well out of the wheelchair, he said, boy, you expecting a flood? 
He said, no, these are cool. He said, where I come from, you don't wear pants that short unless you expected a flood. So they have shorter pants. They wear beanies in the summer. Some wear a marf, and some of you are uncool because you don't know what that is. That's a man wearing a scarf in a field taking Instagram photos with it 110 degrees outside. But they decorated this area, and I thought they did a fantastic job. They put this on the back wall, and it makes a, a very simple, common mantra that we've used here in our environment, and that is to reach people and build lives. You say, where do you get that from? Because Jesus was crystal clear as to what he's about in the earth today. I came to seek and to save that which is lost, not just entertain Christians. I didn't come just for people to be randomly running around trying to excite their own spiritual type desires. He said, I came to seek and to save that which is lost. He gave us a great commission, not a great suggestion in the book of Matthew. And so we have sort of encapsulated that with reaching people, building lives, and they simplified it really good. They said, reach, build, repeat. In other words, it never gets old, it never gets out of date, it never gets out of style, we don't need to add to it, we don't need to make it any, it's something we get excited about on a consistent basis because if we're spending time with the real Jesus, he, he never gets bored with reach, build, and repeat. Now as a result of that being a mantra that we've had for 15 years that we've kept as a calibrating focus and you'll see it on things around here and you'll have an opportunity to touch it, to reach people and then to build their lives into becoming devoted followers of Jesus and themselves becoming disciples of Jesus and knowing how to get in the game and out of the stands. Two years ago, I sort of took that because I'm just trying to make it accessible for you because people are saying, how do you do that? And I took it and I used this phrase in a message in 2016. I said, we are a everyone church. We're an everyone church because we believe this mission is so vital and so important. We believe every single person should wake up every single day with the mission of Jesus on their heart and in their mind. Doesn't mean that we all end up living at the church. To be an everyone church doesn't mean all of us need to live at the church. It means that no matter what we do as a stay-at-home mom or a teacher or a firefighter or we're doing whatever it is that we do, we're thinking about Jesus' purpose in the earth. And that helps us to fulfill what he's called us to do. And I call that an everyone church because in an environment where everyone is seeking to do that, then there is momentum and there's effectiveness in the mission. And so this idea of an everyone church, we started putting it on our blogs, we started telling stories of everyday ordinary people who have come in contact with that vision and it's changed their life and so it's people from all different places and here's a few words that I found as I begin to survey people, tell me about how this everyone church idea, how, it's, how it becomes more tangible and so I began to hear words like authentic. Authentic, that this environment is authentic. So we seek when you come into this environment or anywhere to meet someone who's serious about Jesus and in love with Jesus, there's a level of authenticity and sincerity to their heart and to their lives. You, you don't meet them and you get a real religious response. How you doing? I'm blessed. Don't do that. We don't need that. Less of that. What, what we need is, hey, how can I help you? How can I serve you? There's this, this heart of, I have something so special 
I just wanna give it away to you in any way I possibly can. And authenticity, people talk about friendliness, they talk about warmth. But here's another one in an everyone church, and I wanna hone in on this this weekend, on Vision Weekend, and that is there's an intentionality. It's not just a group of authentic people singing kumbaya and just sort of having fellowships. No, 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 it's so important that everyone feels the warmth of the atmosphere, but also everyone is intentionally moving toward what Jesus has called us to move toward. So there's, there's an intentionality to the atmosphere, and because it's authentic and intentional, it's multi-generational. That there's something actually there that's of substance that you can pass on to those coming behind you because they can access that because of that atmosphere. So it's multi-generational, it's, it's multi-ethnic, it's people from multiple backgrounds, it's people who have been to church, never been to church, it's people from all different walks of life and it's a, it's a beautiful picture when Jesus brings together his everyone church. I hear people in our culture today say, how do you make a big church feel small? And what they're saying is, if they really think about what they're saying is, you know, I don't know about a big church. Well, well what's big? Because at some point, big can mean I don't know how to access it. That's really what we're saying. Well, we don't really believe if we read the Bible that the kingdom of God should get smaller. If we read the scriptures, the kingdom of God is expanding. What we're actually saying is, how do I access what you're talking about? Is there a place for me? And so as we talk about this on Vision Weekend, I want you to understand, this is not a recruitment for more volunteers, though the kingdom of God can use more volunteers. My, my, my primary purpose here is not because we're not living in everyone church, it's to make it accessible for some of you who are trying to figure out what's this thing all about? What are we actually trying to do? and to bring you into some intentionality because I truly believe this. There is a fulfillment in life that you will never access until you find your place and your part in what's on Jesus' heart. Till you find that place, until you engage with it, and in fact, I believe that it is the most practical thing that we can do to become an every one church is for every person to, to decide, you know what, I need to find out my gift, I need to find out my part, I need to understand how I'm wired, and, and I need Jesus' help to become part of what he's doing in the earth, in every one church. Romans chapter 12, I love the apostle Paul because he's doing what I'm doing. I'm gonna let Paul help me, obviously inspired by the Holy Spirit, but the book of Romans is a great and powerful place to find your part. Um, it's amazing, the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to a church, one of the biggest in the first century. It's not just some random blog to casual inquiries, it's a letter to a church. And so he writes it to them to help them with what I wanna try to help you with this weekend. Now up through chapter 11, he gives one of the Bible's most exhaustive, complete, accurate, understandings of who Jesus is and how we access Jesus. And so he gives a, a great theological understanding of what this thing is all about through the person of Jesus and the grace that's available for us and that we can't do it in and of ourselves, though we are totally incomplete in ourselves. And so he's been building up the way we access Jesus. But then in Romans 12, he says, therefore, 
As a result of us understanding who Jesus is and what he's all about, now let me tell you about our part in what Jesus is, is doing. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, he says this, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. So, so that a sacrifice is a gift. It's a picture of you offering all of who you are to God, a living sacrifice. This is your true and proper worship. Some of you know this, some of you may not. Worship is not just the first few songs of the worship service. Worship is, on a daily basis, you offering your life to Jesus in complete surrender. It's, it's how you treat your employees. It's how you love your spouse. It's how you walk through your day. It's how you treat people. It's, 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 it's the flow of your life by surrendering it completely to Jesus, this true and proper worship. And then he says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. It's the number one question I'm asked as a pastor. What's God's will for my life? What should I do? All of these graduates, what am I going to do? What college am I going to go to? What has God called me to do? Who am I? It's one of my passions in life is to help people find what God's called them to do, to win in life, to use what God has called them to do in a way that gives them motivation and passion every day. But this verse says that it starts by our surrender, our living sacrifice, giving ourselves to him, which is our true and proper worship. It says, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And now let's go to the intentionality. If you're like me, I'm always asking questions. Okay, that's great. How do we do this? He says this, for the grace given me, for by the grace given me, I say to a few of you, I say to a mob who are just watching talented people on a platform, I say people that are just engaging with content, no, 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 he says to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. So there's this idea that we don't self-define our gifts. We in and of ourselves might think, well, I'm this and I don't like that and I don't wanna be this, so I'm, I'm defining that I'm this. No, 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 don't, don't do this on your own, but, but think with sober judgment. In accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you, and look at this intentionality, for just as each of us has one body with many members, these members do not all have the same function. There's different functions to our body parts, and he's saying this metaphor, look, there's different functions. So in Christ, though many, we form one body, and each member belongs to all the other members. It's saying to us, you'll never see the complete expression of what God's called you to do unless you value the other pieces. Unless you understand we're all part of one another. And then he says this, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Now, working with people for many years, I know there's some of you going, well, well I think I know my gifts. There's others of you that are in, in some level of clarity about your gifts, but you're not seeing the effective use of it because you haven't use the whole map, the whole principle, and I know there's a lot of you who go, I don't consider myself gifted. I don't consider myself as part of anything. I don't even see myself that way, but I wanna tell you what happens in an everyone church that Paul is describing here. It's not complicated, I just simplify it this way. In an everyone church, every person effectively uses their gifts 
to serve others. And I really prayed about that and thought about that. That word effectively is important. Effectively, for the maximum impact for what Jesus is doing in the earth today. In an everyone church, there's maximum impact, but every person has to discover and use their gifts to have maximum impact for what's on his heart. That's what has to happen. I think about my own life and discovering my gifts and I'm still growing. By the way, you never stop taking steps. I recently went through some, some different training and some equipping and opened up my life to my team and those who'd report to me and our elders and just said, hey, I wanna get better. I, I want you guys to speak in to who I am and where I'm missing it. And, and, and so I, I, I want you to understand, I, I'm preaching to myself today. But I think about my journey along the way as a young kid, I was intuitive and a little bit fearful, but I kept having some good mentors and I had a good dad and some coaches around me and a mom that was praying for me and just kind of kept learning a little bit and my pastor helped me and I had some, some, some internal type fears and insecurities about things, but I was getting over that and then I recognized I had a little bit of some leadership giftings and so I would see that in different places on teams and things. And so I had people around me sort of fostering some of that. And then at 12 years old, I committed my life to Christ and I surrendered totally to God. I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit and I didn't know what this meant because when you start getting around what he's describing here and you have a full surrender, let me just tell you, you're gonna start feeling an internal urge to get serious about what Jesus cares about. It will happen. If you get around him at any level, it's like, Jeff, I, I wanna use you, I wanna use you. I was like, whoo. I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know how it would play out. I didn't understand, and so I had, I just kinda kept taking steps, and back then, we went to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, and during certain seasons, we went all week. Man, I mean, we were just around it, and I just, I just kinda kept taking steps and growing, and then I recognized that I had an ability to speak. At school, I started doing different speaking things, and then my pastor invited me to speak at 16 years old, and I started speaking, and here's what I want you to hone in on, though. Here's what I didn't understand. My gifts were starting to come alive, but the part I didn't understand, and what a lot of people around me didn't understand, is they said, he's strong, he's a leader, and he can speak, but he's never gonna lead like that in a church. Because the church, you know, is a lot more about maintenance and the church is a lot more about, man, let's just kind of keep it safe. And so he's gonna have to be a traveling evangelist to live that way. And here's what I learned along the way because I kept going back to scripture and I had some good coaches. The most effective use of my gift is not me just inspiring a group of people here and there, but living with people and being on a team and helping all of us discover our gifts helping everybody learn how to do it. And that was a real mindset shift for me. I'm only giving you that because I don't know how God may adjust, even though you're seeing your gifts, he may adjust it to be more effective, effective for his kingdom. And so if I were sitting down with some of even our graduates or one of you, you're like, okay, take me through the process. What does that look like? Taking it from what Paul's saying, taking it from what I've learned, I'd like for us to just spend a minute just exploring how do you actually effectively use your gift? And, and I truly believe this because we're, again, we're not trying to build a mob. We're not trying to build a group of people to watch gifted people just give information that we walk away inspired. 
We're trying to fulfill the mandate of Jesus and his cause on the earth. We wanna be an everyone church, and I truly believe this, I want you to hear this. At the most basic level, for that to be a reality, you have to discover and effectively use your gift. You have to discover it. I believe at the basic level, it's where it's at. So here's how you do it. Number one, you have to discover it. In the presence of God, in a posture of full surrender, our gifts are discovered. I told you my story. I started just getting around Jesus, spending time with Jesus. I hear people all the time, Jesus is speaking to me. I'm thinking, what's he saying? Because when I read in the Bible, people get around Jesus, then he starts giving them direction toward his mandate. He doesn't just talk superfluously, and yes, he encourages us, and the Holy Spirit counsels us, and we get guidance, but when you read the Bible stories, it was people who encountered Jesus, who Jesus then said, here's what my call is for you. Isaiah, he gets in the presence of God. I saw the Lord, he was high and lifted up, and then he says, here I am, send me. Peter, after a great little fishing catch on a bank, and says, look, I want you to follow me, drops his nets and says, okay, what do you have for me, Jesus? I'm going with you. The apostle Paul on a road struck, and what does he say later when he's persecuted for him using his gifts? Here's what he said. I wanna tell you this, king. I have not been disobedient to the heavenly vision. And so I thank God that today we have all these assessments to discover our gifts, and I'm not against them. I use them, we use them here in hiring processes. I've taken all of them, DISC, Myers-Briggs, all these different ones. We got more assessments, and let me just tell you what I know about you. You love them. You get on Facebook, am I, what actor am I? What spirit animal am I? I just wanna know, I wanna, what am I, what am I? Oh, look, what am I? I, I. We all wanna know who we are. We all wanna know our gifts. It's like, assess me, assess me, tell me, tell me who I am, tell me who I am. I'm not against it. But look, for the follower of Jesus, that's not where you start. You start in his presence. You start as a living sacrifice. You start saying, here I am, whatever you have for me, and in that moment, then he will begin to show you in a genuine encounter, in a posture of full surrender, he'll begin to show you what he's called you to, and he'll lead you to your next steps. And I'm gonna tell you, it's where fulfillment is really found. You can study any type of study today where people are looking for happiness, they're looking for fulfillment, they're looking for significance, and you may have happiness, but you may not have significance. You may not have fulfillment, and where fulfillment is really found is when you wake up every day knowing that I'm using what God's called me to, I'm using the gifts he's put inside of me to further his purpose in the earth. And so fulfillment is found there. I saw recent studies and it makes sense. At the University of North Carolina, they did 75% when they studied people that were fulfilled, they found these type of things in their life. I talked to a pastor that I highly respect early in ministry. I just respected his church because it wasn't just, again, a surface level. It wasn't hype, you know, it wasn't ha, 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 ha. There was substance. When I got around the atmosphere, it was like, man, there was genuineness, there was substance, and I asked him this question. I said, what do you think is the missing ingredient to churches operating that way? He said, Jeff, most people don't know their gift, and most people aren't using their gift to further Jesus' agenda, so make sure you help them find it. And it, it, it branded me. It's why we do what we do. You think this everyone church, that's just a way of saying it, in 2016, but that's who we've been from the very beginning. 
Because it's, it's okay to sit on the back row. It's okay to just sit out in the crowd and be entertained for a little while until you wanna be fulfilled, until you really wanna grow. And it's not a real good place to be if you ever have a problem. It's not a great place. We all are made to go, man, I wanna be a part of a team. I realized that as a young minister. You know what, I'm better with a team than I am by myself. And I'm so glad God showed me that because life is way more fulfilling when you're a part of a team. So you have to discover it. The second thing you have to do is define it. Planted in the local church, isn't that what Paul said here? He said we gotta appreciate the other members of the body. We gotta be connected to the body. Planted in the local church, together we find definition and clarity for our gifts. And so I don't know why Jesus did it this way because it's a little more challenging, but when we're with these other people that are very different than us, it's inspiring, but it also helps bring definition. Notice he said, we don't define ourselves. We don't think higher of ourselves. We get connected to the body, and the body helps us define the places where we're gifted. And that's how it happens. Man, you're good at this. Hey, try this. You're just loving Jesus and taking steps. And then there becomes some definition and clarity because you're walking in relationship with other people. I'm going to tell you, it's amazing to watch someone use their gift. Did you know people that don't even know Jesus the gifts they have come from Jesus. And you're looking at somebody going, wow, when you watch LeBron kick, kiss it off the back glass for the 5,000th time, he's a freak of nature. He just was given gifts. Now he's developed those gifts, but you look at him and you just go, that's not even fair. It's amazing to watch someone sing or someone even that's not famous, watch someone, if you ever get around someone with the gift of hospitality or mercy and the way they love people, you walk away going, I wanna be more sensitive to people. You get around someone who's a giver, you wanna give more. You get around someone who's a leader, you wanna lead more. It's inspiring to be around someone using their gift. But I wanna tell you this, watching someone use their gift alone doesn't give the full picture of Jesus. It can give a picture, it can give a representation because of the grace, but the way God designed it is that when we come together and use our gifts, when everyone uses it, then guess what? The world looks and says, whoa, 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 that's a big Jesus, that's a huge Jesus. Oh, that's so powerful. And so what happens is we begin to define our gifts. It's, it's inspiring to see one person use their gift but I'm gonna tell you, it is overwhelming and world-changing to see a group of people in unity use their gifts, every single one. The third thing, though, is you have to develop it. So you're getting some traction. You're like, man, I'm surrendered to Jesus. I give my life to Jesus. Now I'm starting to, man, I'm discovering some gifts, and now I get planted with some other people, and man, I'm on a team, and I'm starting to use it, and I'm getting a little definition, and man, I'm getting excited about all this stuff. I'm moving forward. Well, well now you have to develop it. Now you have to develop it. As we anticipate and overcome challenges, we continue to grow in our gifts. So remember, we got these people different than us. So, so now we're gonna have to start working with them, and man, they see it different, and now we gotta be a team. And hear me, this is more than the church. This is how you operate as a team in your workplace. This is how you parent your children. This is how you work with your spouse. Oh man, they're different. Okay, but now well, we need each other, and, and you have a different perspective, and I kinda think I'm right most all the time, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought, be teachable, be humble. Oh man, I need you and you need me. And so we start working, now what's gonna happen? We start developing our gifts. 
You want a little behind the scenes? I know y'all love it when I tell you as a pastor behind the scenes. I love it when I see someone go all in with Jesus. It's the most exciting thing in the world because I know it changes generations. It changes their whole world. It's so exciting. It's amazing. We've had more people saved in this church in the last year than in the history of this church. And I'm watching these people. They're giving their life to Christ. Man, they're pumped up and they're excited and then they get in the grow track and they start finding out they have gifts. You know? They're, they're not like the frozen chosen just sitting around. That's why you need some new saved people, new lost people coming in a church. They're like, we get to do all this. Are you kidding me? Man, they start getting pumped up and man, they start finding their gift and they start getting some definition to their gift and here's what I'm always praying for. When that moment happens, not if it happens, when it happens. When the pressure and challenge of being shaped by the relationships of other people how you respond there will determine whether or not you make it long term. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Offense comes, personality difference comes, and guess what, there's always gonna be some type of scenario. So what happens, you were left off the email list, so-and-so forgot you, no one said thank you. No one, you passed me in the hall and didn't say hi, I thought this was an everyone church. What was, does everyone matter, do I matter? Oh man, who made that decision? Now you weren't in the room when the decision was made, you probably would have made the same decision, but because you weren't in the room, then you don't know what the decision was, and so you have to trust. I'm talking about real life, y'all with me? An offense comes, and hear me on this, more people have died with dormant giftings inside of them because of their inability to function healthy relationally. If you keep being removed from the equation, you need to look in the mirror. Offense is at work in you. Let me show you this scripture right here. They didn't receive Jesus' gift because they couldn't figure out why he kept bringing it to them in a different packaging. I love this one. A stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they're disobedient to the word. They didn't know how to engage with Jesus. And because he came and brought a gift and it looked different and it was packaged different and it was, there was challenges related there and that word offense right there is the Greek word scandalon and it means a trap. Can I tell some of you that are new to the faith here and some of you that have been in the faith for a little while, there is a trap waiting for you to stop you from using your gifts and growing in your gifts. It is there, it's present, and it's a big trap. It's like my wife, a little while back she said, she called me, she said, Jeff, we got a rat. I said, a rat or a mouse? She said, no, it's a full-grown rat. I saw it, it ran through the thing, and we gotta get rid of this rat. And so I was like, well, I feel a little bit equipped to catch a mouse, but I don't know much about catching rats. And she said, it's a full-grown rat. So I put a little trap out there, put some cheese on it. This thing came up there, ate the cheese, through the trap across the garage. <laughs> said, try again. I talked to my father-in-law because he's skilled in these kind of things. He said, Jeff, you need to get a big trap. You need to get some peanut butter on it because you put that peanut butter up on there, it'll mess with that rat. That rat will start digging around in there. Can't get that peanut butter, stick his paw in there, you catch that rat. I was out of town on another engagement. My wife called me at the hotel. She said, we caught the rat and he's huge. He's big. I need you to come dispose of the rat because I'm not disposing of the rat. I said, well, where do you dispose of a rat? Do we have rat disposals in Keller? I mean, where do we put these things? You know, the thing's so big, don't wanna throw it in the trash, but that's a different deal. We caught the rat. I just, I hope you get this. There's a rat trap with peanut butter waiting for you. And let me just tell you, offended people find offended people. 
If the body of Christ could learn in Matthew 18, when you get offended, the word of God says, go to the person. At the point you've counseled with four different people for wisdom, it's no longer counsel, it's gossip. It's gossip. And I've seen more people with so much talent, with poor relational skills, that live just wandering away. They're not connected to the body because they don't know how to get over offenses and come past the trap. So we're developing it, and it's not always easy, but if we keep developing it, we grow in it. Here's the final thing, we deploy it. If we'll just keep taking steps, we'll deploy it. And look what I put here. I talked with a person who works with a lot of volunteers, and I was sharing with them my message for this weekend. They've worked with lots of volunteers, and I said, tell me what the number one thing is, and they said to me, in years of working with people serving and using their gifts, they said, some people get to step three, not everybody turns the corner to step four. Because step four is so important to actually deploy it. Look at this, in order to effectively, everybody say effectively, McKinney right there say effectively, effectively use, and look at this, sustain our gifts, we have to stay focused on Jesus' agenda. Y'all want a little more behind the scenes? When we have staff meetings and we have team meetings with our team here that so graciously serve you, that, that I am responsible to steward, I consistently start every training every meeting by reminding them, we're doing this for Jesus. We're doing this for Jesus. So don't get too caught up in all the applause and don't get too enamored with the criticism. We're doing it for Jesus. And if you say, you know what? Jesus' agenda, I'm seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. If you make that a target, let me tell you, you'll stay in the game and you'll have pure motivation that will sustain you over the long haul through different seasons, through different moments, through different times, through different places and different locations because if you keep it about Jesus, then you have some pure motivation. So I wanna encourage you not only to learn about your gift and develop your gift, but you know what? The kingdom of God needs you to deploy your gift on a daily basis for Jesus. What happens when we become an everyone church? Why, this, this exhortation from Paul, why would we wanna do it? I wanna go back to, changes the lives of people. It, it, it literally changes the lives of people for eternity. And I love to tell you stories, but I don't have to go back six months, I don't have to go back a year, all I have to do is go back to last weekend. Last weekend, I wanna give you an example. If you haven't seen the video from Michael from last weekend, you need to go online and watch it. If you talk about the bullseye target as to what we're trying to do and what we're all about and why we would become an everyone church, there's so many blessings from being implanted in a part of an everyone church and using your gifts. I mean, we find friendships, we find relationships. You know, you, I'm seeing the fruit of it in raising my own children around relationships and there's multiple anchors and there's blessing and you can't even understand how the blessing of God flows down. There's all these intangibles that are awesome. But I'm gonna tell you, it changes people like Michael Michael's not a church guy. If you saw it last week, he's not a church guy. This guy went to some parochial school and he didn't know a lot and his wife dared him to come to church or begged him or we don't know what all she did to get him. She said, look, you, would you just come for two weeks? And man, he came for two weeks that he came in here and he had an allergic reaction. It's like, I started sweating and having an allergic reaction. You know, he's like, I don't know what it is. Let me tell you, that's more than the music. 
It's the presence of God that he fills into a unified atmosphere. And let me tell you, one person can't produce that. It's the way he was greeted on the way in. It's the way he felt the love. And let me tell you, he's a smart guy. Did you hear him articulate? He's sitting there going, well, wait a minute, man. I mean, I'm kind of mildly agnostic, but look, there's, you can't make this up. These people are genuine. There's not some kind of control or some top-down authority. Man, everybody's genuinely here serving and loving, and man, and so I'm like, I'm having an allergic reaction, and he got saved. Don't you love it? He said, I had not talked to Jesus, so I wanted to prepare a speech. He wrote down his speech, then he came to the front, and he forgot his speech, and he just said, Jesus, here I am. I want to surrender myself to you. We saw that. That's a demonstration. And that's on the heart of Jesus. And now his whole family is changed. I met his whole family in a blended family and all his kids standing around there celebrating with their dad. We, we saw a lady who had panic attacks and she was afraid to get into the baptistry. And there was a p- group of people and this is what's powerful about an everyone church. Not one person, not just the person baptizing her, but a whole group of people. You can do this, we're with you, we're gonna help you the way they serve her. And what did she do? She, because of the everyone atmosphere, she takes a spiritual step that changes her life. That's the power, this is just last weekend. And then that little kid right there, you know why that little kid's getting baptized? Because his daddy, his daddy got touched. His daddy came and said, I wanna know how to lead my house spiritually. And I know guys feel inadequate about that. They're like, look, I know how to do this and I got great hobbies and I'm good at work. I don't know how to do this spiritual thing. It's overwhelming when you tell me I have to be the spiritual leader. But a group of people got around him and they helped him and they said, look, let me show you what I learned. Let me show you where I was at. I didn't know either. And here's the generational transfer. I'm talking about multi-generational. His son's being baptized because his father was touched in an everyone church. I don't know if you're excited about that, but I'm full on pumped about it. Because that's Jesus' target. My gift is not about my brand or my fame or my, it's about the significance of every day hitting the target that Jesus gave. That's the target. And that's what happens in an everyone church and you're like, man, that's exciting, Pastor Jeff. But how do we actually do it, okay? So I'm gonna ask you to take that communication card out. We have to be in everyone church so everyone get one. Come on now, everybody. In an everyone church. I know you you, you kind of zone this out a little bit if you're not careful because we do it. Why do we do this? We're trying to help people take steps. And so I just wanna show you some steps available for you. You're like, look, I wanna take a step. I wanna live fulfilled. I wanna walk in what God's called me to walk in. So in whatever environment you're, you're, you're seeing this right now, let's look at it. The first step for many of you is our growth track. It's intentional. We're having 101 today here at the Keller campus and at the McKinney campus. And so after the 11 o'clock service, right over here in this room, I'll be there. You can come and hear the vision and you can find out how to take steps. And every time we gather that way, there are loads of people who take their first step to receive Christ. 201 is actually where you can find your gifts. 301 is an atmosphere where you actually get a small group and you hear about vision and values and you can become part of the team. It's a powerful moment. If you haven't taken these steps, I'm gonna ask you to check one of those and put your information so we can serve you and help you take spiritual steps and you can discover your giftings. The next thing though is there, you're like, I've already been through that, Pastor Jeff, what do I do now? Well, there's places there for you to serve. There's missions opportunities. There's an opportunity for you to be in a small group helping others find their gifts. 
Maybe leading a small group and helping others find their gifts. Maybe leading a team. You can take a step to say, you know what? I'm gonna use my gifts now to help some other people take steps along the way. And so we all keep taking steps. And so any of these that you say, hey, I'm interested in, we'd love the opportunity to serve you. Let me tell you about something that I'm also really excited about, and that is our internship program. Our next internship program is not just for young people, it's from people from every walk of life who say, you know what, I wanna grow and develop and discover at a new level what God's called me to do. And so we've had people go through this. Again, this is not about everyone going into full-time ministry. This is about learning how to be a better team leader and better employee. You guys need to know this about, I believe that the local church is the greatest training ground for great leaders. It's the greatest atmosphere. We have corporate people come here and say, can we use that content? There's a guy here who's in charge of leadership training for a major company who uses our content to train his employees. The manager of Chili's years ago said, if you got any more of those milestone people, send them our way, we'll hire them on the spot. Dallas Baptist University said, every kid we get from there, they're phenomenal. Send us as many as you got. Because I believe that the local church is the place where without position, and without an email that says compliance is not optional, you learn pure leadership in learning to influence others and love and serve them. I believe it's the place. And so our next internship is a portal for that to happen. We have 41 high school students that are gonna spend the summer learning how to love and serve people here and doing an internship with us. We have college students that are in college coming back and we are starting this year a ministry residency program for people that are called to ministry. And I'm just giving you a snapshot. If you're interested in any of that, you can go to our website and there's an application form where you can fill it out. We'd love to help you develop and learn how to use your gifts. So at any level, there's an opportunity for you to learn to use your gifts. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads with me. And I wanna start by a prayer. No matter who you are, I wanna ask you this question, have you gone all in with Jesus? Have you said, Jesus, here's my life? Because assessments can help, but nothing will ever replace that. Jesus, here's my life whatever you wanna do with it. And by that simple prayer, Jesus wants to come in to your life. You can simply say, Jesus, I, I wanna ask your forgiveness of my sins. I believe you died for me, you rose from the dead. Come into my heart and life and become my Jesus. If you accepted Jesus, we wanna help you take your next steps. Just come and let us know. Maybe come forward at the end of the service or let us know online so we can help you take steps. But Lord, second of all, I pray the power of your church, not an individual's church, not people, it's, it's your church, Jesus. And you said you would build your church. And in every one church has so much power to make such a massive difference for your, your agenda, Jesus. Empowered by the Holy Spirit that you sent us, I pray this day that every single person would discover, define, develop, they would learn how to deploy and use their gifts in an effective way, every person. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Milestone Church. We hope it's been an encouragement for you today. We invite you to listen to other messages on this podcast or discover who we are by visiting our website at milestonechurch.com. 